Good day, Netflix nerds. Today we will be talking about the Netflix original series, Bridgerton. We're here to talk about human nature. It's on and popping up in here, you feel? Wheels up in 30 minutes. You are my queen. I don't know what else I can say. That's the thing. You need to be called to be queen. She's crazy and she needs to go down. I'm unstoppable! Fuck! Son of a bitch. This is so boring! I think that we've had quite enough of you today. Go on. You got it, Joe. <laughs> All right. Thank you for tuning in to our Bridgerton episode. <laughs> we will be talking about in this episode, we will be talking about our own opinions of the show. And you guessed it, we liked it as we <laughs> both started doing this episode with British accents because we can't get enough. Anyway, <laughs> because we would like to annoy the fuck out of our European listeners. <laughs> we will also be discussing mostly what our episode entails is speaking about the time period of the 1800s and what it was like to be a woman at the time. I'm going to stop using my English accent because... Me too. We're back. We're American. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, guys. I know you were really confused for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> we back. So... We're talking a lot about um, what it was like to be a woman in mm -hmm. the 1800s. Bridgerton was it set was, in 1813. It was fucking great, I bet. Yeah, probably probably better than it is now. But yeah. <laughs> because March is Women's History Month, we are going to be focusing on shows that are more female-centered and female-led for the duration of March. And we're going to be doing a sort of run through history, so different historical time periods. So we're going to be focusing on period pieces. And we're going to start off with Bridgerton, which is, as I said earlier, set in the 1800s. And then we're going to be sh jumping forward to the 1960s, which is quite quite a jump from the 1800s. Yeah. But there's also weirdly not a lot of shows that are centered around women that are centered around like the early 1900s. So next week's episode will be a show taking place in the 1960s, and we won't spoil what show it is. Good plug! We know it's not Women's History Month yet, but we don't care. So we're covering... <laughs> I just extended Women's History Month into the last week of February, just because I can, because I'm a woman. Yeah, because <laughs> as a woman, we have that power. Yes, so Bridgerton... What did you think? It was great. Objectively, it's probably not that great, but like I loved everything about it. Like the super cliche, well, tons of cliches everywhere, which Love I'm it. so here for. Like, that's why that's why you watch a period piece. I mean, exactly. Like enemies to lovers going on. There's Love scandal. It. There's Love an it. unknown tabloid writer who we're all waiting on the edges of our seats to find out who it is. Oh, and by the way, this episode episode will be laden with spoilers yeah. as all so, we do on the show <laughs> so many scandalous spoils are coming up so if you have not watched Bridgerton and you think you're gonna watch it please do not listen to this because I genuinely like I genuinely don't want to spoil this for people like it's really yeah. fun to watch and not know what's gonna happen good good stuff it's really like 
like Gossip Girl and a Jane Austen novel had a baby. a baby. Except with lots more sex. Which I kind of appreciate because I, we talked about the comparison between this and Jane Austen novels. You can tell, obviously, that it has like a lot of influence, which makes sense because it's like the same time period, same yeah, place. Yeah, Jane Austen... All of her novels she wrote when she was alive and she died in 1819. So yeah, so very much the same time period. So it makes sense that this is taking a lot of inspiration from her novels. But I do kind of appreciate all the sex in Bridgerton, um, <laughs> which sounds weird to say. But I appreciate it just because I like when period pieces like this show sex because it's like, I know that it was happening, you know, yeah. like, even if people weren't allowed, you people like Jane Austen wouldn't have blatantly written about it. Like, humans it be had humans. to have happened. Yeah, yeah. it was happening. <laughs> so like, like, Mr. Darcy was not just I and Elizabeth Bennet because he thought she was pretty and he wanted to hold her hand. Like, that's yeah. not how these things work. Exactly. And I, I was about to say, you know, Mr. Darcy was getting it. But that's a total lie. He was not at all. So <laughs> <laughs> not. yeah, no, I really liked it. Can we just um give a quick round of applause to um miss shonda rhymes just keep clapping because it it doesn't need to be quick i don't even want to stop i'm gonna clap for the rest of the episode yeah (laughs) while we're talking (laughs) shonda fucking killed it again as usual she knows how to write TV that people she want to watch. Does. Like, I I was speaking to somebody who didn't like the show Bridgerton, and it was because of all the sex. Which, I understand. No, it was a that's, lot. that's fair. But I also, I appreciated, like, if you're not super into, like, super graphic sex scenes and stuff like that, it was very not limited. That graphic. Yeah. Yeah, it was very limited to, like, one episode. There was one hella steamy episode. And, like, yeah. there were little... Little bits of sex sprinkled throughout, but like mm-hmm. that one episode was spicy. Yeah, for real. But it's no, it's no Game of Thrones. You know, you're not yeah. seeing, you're not seeing a bunch of boobs all the time. And right. I think, I think a nipple was shown. A, I'm sorry, a, a, a woman's nipple was shown like one single <laughs> time, and it was in that very spicy episode that you're referring yeah. to. There um, was some butts, but there were some butts, mostly boy butts, though. Yeah, but yeah, I guess, I guess it, it could catch you off guard if you go into it not knowing how um, steamy it's gonna gonna be. I mean, to um, be fair, I think in the first like three or four minutes of the show, like the first episode, Antony is banging one out with yeah. Sienna against yeah. a tree. So yeah. I think while his start- servant is just standing there watching, yeah, his servant's like str- like little little anime sweating, like yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think they did that as like a hey guys, by the way, there will be sex in this. Yeah, so- this is the type of show this is going to be. Yeah, if if you're not into that, you know, four minutes in, which is nice. I appreciate that. That's like. Like, if you're not into that, you're probably not going to finish watching the show. Then or you're you not going to want to watch it. Yeah. Skip it. Well, I, I also kind of knew it was steamy just from like tweets I had seen and just pictures, like screen caps from the series of fucking, I can't say his name. The guy that plays Simon. Leger Jean. That's, that's a pretty cool name. But yeah, no, I saw I saw screen caps from the series of Leger Jean Page who plays Simon on Twitter and everyone's just being really thirsty for him and I was like, oh, okay. So this is a horny show. Okay. Yeah. I know going into this that this is a horny show. <laughs> this is one of the few shows that you're like allowed to be like horny on main. Like- horny on main. I think it collectively made everybody a little bit horny on main. Like, when it first came out. (laughs) So... 
Fair um, enough. No, I, I really liked it, though. I thought it was really fun. It was definitely steamy. There were definitely times where the steaminess got a little uncomfortable for me, just because yeah. it's very, um, you know, Georgian-era steamy. Like, just the whole... the We'll get into it more. I don't want to get into it too much now. But, but yeah, also, like, the costumes. Amazing. So good. So fun. The sets awesome the sets like we're so cool literally yeah. like i want to go to a ball like i want yes. to go to a ball the ball where they have all those like hanging flowers yes. that are like lit up they're so yes. so so pretty um all the costumes are amazing like the production was great the queen of england amazing queen charlotte give it up for queen charlotte because she's amazing she's so cool also, She's the so soundtrack cool. was really good because the they soundtrack just put was fun. Pop songs and had orchestras play that, and that's yeah. really fucking sick. Yeah, they kind of did the Westworld thing with that, which at first I wasn't sure if I was gonna like because mm-hmm. I I don't know because I, I I think I can always be kind of a snob about that kind of stuff. Like I was just like, Ugh, I don't know if I'm gonna like this, but honestly, that bad guy. <laughs> rendition was pretty fire (laughs) it's like i can't even dislike this like you know because i I like classical music i think it slaps there'd be some bops in there but oh for sure not everybody does so it did make it more More accessible accessible. yes more accessible in a really fun way loved it yeah very fun the acting was all good too like everyone did a good job i don't remember i don't recall a single actor actress in the show that i was like nah. Eh, they're not great. And usually with a cast this large, there's at least one person that you're like, hmm, they could work on it a little bit. But in this one, I, like, I haven't I haven't experienced that yet. I agree. Even, like, the child actors were, like, pretty yeah. solid. Like, I had no qualms. I mean, I think the only thing that was, like, like, the writing wasn't amazing. I mean, there were there were definitely some, some lines that got me. Like, I burn yeah. for you. Oh, my God. Oh. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. You can't be like, saying stuff like that. Honestly, and then like when freaking Simon also talks about like when when he and Daphne have to go like confront the queen as to why mm-hmm. they should be granted the permit to get married. Oh yeah, his speech. Yeah. His speech is so fire. I yeah. I if you have a significant other who does not say that to you. You deserve better. Break up with them. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think the writing, I agree about the writing. It was definitely, it was pretty good. I mean, it wasn't like amazing. Like you said, there's the cliches and stuff like that, but yeah. it's all good fun. But that's like, that's like why you watch a period piece. Like I'm not yeah. watching a period piece to like have it be unusual or different. Like, um, I'm, I'm here for a reason and Bridgerton delivered. I think that Bridgerton does, like you said, I don't watch a period piece for it to be unusual or different. I wouldn't go far for myself. Like, in my opinion, I wouldn't say that about myself because I've watched period pieces like The Witch or The Lighthouse or fucking, um, there was one more that I could think of and now it's escaped my head. Uh, Marie Antoinette, you know, movies like that where like, right. it is a little bit unusual for a period piece. And I think that Bridgerton is good at walking the line of like the, right. the typical period piece stuff that like you said, when I sit down, if I'm watching like a period romance, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm not watching it to be 
unusual, but I think Bridgerton did a good job of like walking that line, like between the cliche and the unique. And it was good in that way. Yeah, it was, it was very good. Very well done. Again, Shonda Rhimes just killing the game. Like, why do we ask anyone else to make TV when we could just have Shonda Rhimes do everything? Do we even deserve her? I don't know. I don't I mean, think we I do. Don't know. I'm also very excited for a season two. I think that they set up a season two very well. Yeah. Which I was a little bit worried about because, you know, spoiler alert, Daphne and Simon, they get married, they get together. So I was like, okay, that's resolved. Now what? And they did a good job of setting up a second season in a way that seemed like it's going to be really interesting. Right. Um, And also we know based on the books that each book is based, is like centered around a different Bridgerton child. Yeah. So presumably they're going to do the same thing with the show. So season two will be about Antony. Ugh, fuck. I like him so much. I hate that I'm attracted to him. I I mean, it it sucks because he's, to me, he's objectively the most good looking Bridgerton brother, in my opinion. So it sucks that his character is so fucking annoying and I want to punch him in the face all the time. But yeah. (laughs) I was also going to like make a note about the diversity was like, really awesome to see because okay every period piece that i've seen up until now has just just been white people maybe there's like a maid or like a servant who's like ambiguous racially yeah Yeah. but that's about it but this they're like no the queen's black like yeah also people are like well everyone's white in period pieces because that's more historically accurate i'm like i'm sorry first of all it's 2021 and we can cast whoever the fuck we want in period pieces exactly also second of all were you there were you alive (laughs) during this period like can you tell me with certainty that it was all white people because that's not true i mean there were affluent people of color like during this time so like i don't know why people like it's not historically accurate but shut the fuck up like you're racist like just shut up Um, yeah, that's why it was like it was like a breath of fresh air. And also it's not yeah. like it wasn't they, they did have a little bit of discussion about race. Oh, they definitely did. Yeah. It wasn't well. it didn't completely ignore it. Um yeah, how, was like, how could you? Yeah. Which was yeah. really cool. Like it was I think it was Lady Danbury was talking mm-hmm. to Simon. She was like, you know, it's it's not been long that we implying like mm-hmm. black folks mm-hmm. are able to be in high society it's it wasn't until charlotte the queen was married to the king yeah and it, it does it does play into uh, simon's backstory a lot too because yeah. a lot of that trauma that he has from his father has to do with his his father's insistence on continuing their line because they were given in his eyes such a great chance at right. becoming nobility that it, he wants to keep that at all costs. It's definitely mentioned. I'm pretty sure it's also brought up with the uh, why am I forgetting her name? Marina Marina Thompson's storyline as well. So yeah, very true. It, it's really diverse and it's it's really nice. And having a black woman, her name is Golda. Golda. Rochevel. That's how I would say Rochevel? Golda Rochevel? Also, with the guy who plays Simon, I don't know if I just bastardized both of your names, so my apologies. I hope not. Golda Rochevel. Yeah, she plays the Queen Charlotte, and she's fucking amazing. Yeah, she kills it. She's amazing. Her wigs? Her wigs are sublime. Incredible. Uh, But yeah, no, I'm glad you brought that up, because it is is definitely a big ol' plus for this show. Yeah. Um, And Fuck you to anyone that's like, it's not his. Well, actually, like, shut it's up. Fiction. <laughs> yeah. Shut up. Yeah. Don't listen to my like, podcast anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> um, so, 
Should we talk about being women during this time period and how fun and amazing it was? Yes, absolutely. I think we should 1000% <laughs> talk about how exhilarating and easy it was being a woman in 1813 like it was just a simple life like nothing nothing bad ever happened um men just took care of you yeah nothing bad happened they always kept their promises (laughs) and all that good stuff respect dignity yes yes Um, individual yes but but if you were alone with a man for more than 0.5 seconds without a probably without a chaperone you you would probably get called a slut and your life would be completely ruined but besides that it was totally fine just so chill (laughs) and in case you can't pick up on sarcasm listeners uh we were being incredibly facetious there (laughs) <laughs> it was it, it was not fun um and it's with Bridgerton too and any any period piece that centers around women during this time period or similar time periods and you're seeing women that are of the bourgeoisie or higher society I always think I'm like wow if I feel bad for these women then the working class women I feel even worse for but also better for at the same time because like they have more freedom there's much more freedom yeah like there's not the same i mean it's definitely dangerous and it definitely sucks because it's hard to make a living for yourself as a woman during this time but there are pros and cons to both because you see the high society women and like eloise the younger sister in the show experiences this kind of trying to fight against the constraints of being a woman tradition and stupid high society rules it does make me feel feel you feel for both ends i guess yeah definitely it's a lot whenever i watch period pieces thinking about just the psychological well-being of women during this time it's it wasn't good it's crazy it's it's crazy um i think i've already said maybe before on this show definitely in my life that i if i lived during this period i would be probably in like a madhouse which is probably about the worst place that i could be maybe during this time period yeah either a madhouse or or a whore i mean it's one or the other for me (laughs) (laughs) for me it's one or the other i think i would probably just be like a peasant just Just like typical typical pleb just a just a pleb just an npc trying not to die also trying not to uh be a fucking debutante that sounds awful yeah yeah it really really depends on what class you are born into right if i was born into like upper class society like you know the the society that's focused on in bridgerton maybe i would have been okay i mean madhouse probably would have been the the option who knows <laughs> who, who who can really say no um no until we get time machines back yeah. or back what (laughs) (laughs) what do you know that we don't know what do you um, know (laughs) i'm gonna move on from that because i don't want to reveal any secrets that oh god (laughs) because i'm not trying to get murdered by the cia today yes not if you're listening i know you are when you're listening when you hear this (laughs) yeah scratch over that that's (laughs) redacted oh god yeah no i think um in the show too they do a good job especially with the juxtaposition of eloise and daphne in showing just like how absolutely fucked up daphne's mental state kind of is 
Right. Because like, okay, her whole relationship with Simon is built on a lie, which fair enough. It was to attract other suitors and she is hell bent on getting a suitor because- For, for her, it was doing what she had to do, which- yeah. Like she she very it's interesting um her mentality throughout the show especially with the courting and finding a husband and all that was very much it very much kind of reminded me of like I mean the mentality that anybody can have when they're in a survival situation, you know? Like yeah. just the kind of like I need to shut off emotions, shut off doubts and I need to do this. Like I need to do this, I need to get this done and get through it. And it's it's crazy that for her so many women during this time period that that's really how it was it was like okay it's cuffing season i gotta get cuffed or it's gonna be bad for my entire family yeah so whole family like why does your yeah why does your marriage prospect matter for your whole family like that's crazy yeah and i'm pretty sure multiple characters in the show mentioned this but daphne as the eldest sister in the family she said she was like well my marriage and my match is setting up the marriages and matches and the potential there for my younger siblings which is like huh like that's so much to fall on one person's shoulders especially like you just having absolutely no control over your life or the situations that you're in and then but still having to pretend that you're okay with that and that that doesn't weigh on you is absolutely fucking insane (laughs) absolutely insane and we see that like in the comp the like dialogue between Eloise and Daphne. I mean, one of the lines that stuck out to me was, I think Eloise said to Daphne, like, I'm so glad that I'm not you. Uh, and it, yeah. was a, it was meant as a burn, and it was mm-hmm. it burn. Was. But, Big burn. But also it was because she didn't want to be in this position, like, to have to, like, search yeah. for a husband, and, like, that's your only worth. Eloise is like, yeah. I want to fucking find out who Lady Whistledown is. I want to research, and I want to, like, explore yeah. and learn and, like, and be my continue. own yeah. person and smoke outside academic. with my bro. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that 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 conversation that they have is, is very telling of a lot of the inner workings that are going on because I'm pretty sure Eloise also has a line that's like I think she says something like don't you ever get tired of of like lying to yourself like yeah. she's like when Daphne basically gives her like they have they Eloise kind of has like a heartfelt uh genuine conversation with her and Daphne's kind of pulls her same same lines out of well you know no i'm not scared of having a child because it's what it's i'm just supposed the best to do it's, yeah it's what i'm supposed to do it's the best thing ever and i have to find a good match for myself to help you guys and eloise is like geez like <laughs> do you ever get tired of lying to yourself because it's so like she's in a, yeah she's in a position where i mean you don't just stifled i guess is the word like women especially in women across the board during this time period were very stifled. I mean, down to the way that they were expected to dress. I mean, yeah, it's, it's literally a cage for your body. Like it's, it's confining, like the dress, the garb is literally confining. Like you, you can only do so much when you can barely breathe and barely move in a corset. And you know, if you've got like a bonnet that you're wearing, it's literally like putting blinders on a horse like you can't like really look side to side like it's very very stifled and the emotions are that way as well but yeah like it's it's stifling in literally every 
every single aspect, like the way you're dressed is confining, the way that you're made to live in high society is confining. I mean, even though you're an adult woman, you're still at the control of your parents or your older brother in Daphne's case, and also the whims of of gossip in the town too. Like you gotta watch your back. Yeah, you gotta watch your back. So absolutely every part of your existence as a woman is dictated for you is dictated for you and controlled and self-regulated as well because we see Daphne regulate her emotions like a motherfucker in this show because women just you just especially in high society you have to express the correct emotions at the correct times (laughs) yeah otherwise everyone's gonna be like she's insane yeah like god forbid you cry at a party or else you probably have melancholia and then they're gonna fucking put you away who knows yep you're never gonna get married you're never gonna yeah achieve what you're set out to achieve yeah so sad yeah it's just fucking crazy like i just can't i can't imagine it well i can imagine it and the reason i can let my mind go there is because there are still remnants of this left over in society even today yeah Um, They're, they're a lot more subtle a lot more subtle obviously and obviously women have just so much more power than they did before right but i mean we'll see even in some of the period pieces that we're going to cover in march that you know like our period piece for next week that takes place in the 60s it actually spans from the 1950s all the way to like the late 60s and you still see so much of the same type of behavior like behaviors having to regulate yourself yeah yeah so it's Oh God! <laughs> yeah, it, it 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 was it be tough times back in those yeah. days. Yeah, it, yeah, it was it was really tough because at the end of the day, women were viewed as objects. Right at at the time, I mean, you. I think they straight up may have said this in the in the show, but you marry off to a man for status and to secure the status and wealth of your family. The man marries you because you can literally keep him entertained. Like that's that's literally what it is. It's like, oh yeah, you you need to be able to play the piano and draw and have very good conversation and be able to basically do whatever you're told and do needlework and do everything around the house to essentially keep this man entertained. Like (laughs) And we also see it with like when Lady Featherington is trying to marry Mm -hmm. off Marina and like anyone, the like grimiest, oldest, grossest, grossest clearly slimy old man has a proposition for her i mean it's like are you fucking kidding me like hell no absolutely she doesn't she doesn't want to settle which is completely understandable yeah Yeah. um but you see what happens with with the character of marina she doesn't want to settle and it's hard for her and it it kind of bites her in the ass a little bit later on so i mean it's the there's there's just a lot there's so much at stake I guess if if you want to defy traditions and defy some of the stringent rules, there's a lot at stake. Like it, it as a woman in this time period, it's not like you know, it's not like oh well, uh, Marina decided not to marry this guy, so it's fine. She'll find another guy. It's like yeah. no, Marina is pregnant and she decided not to marry this guy, so now Lady Featherington is trying to put her in a convent, and even the convent won't take her. You know, it's it's that's say there's I think that episode too where Lady Featherington takes Marina to like the lower class area. Yeah. Oh. 
That was and such it's a like, this is what's going to happen to you. Like, if you don't do what I tell you to do. And Marina's like, I don't fucking care. But in all, you know, it might still be a little naive on her part to say that because right. she went from being like a farmer's daughter, which isn't the best, but isn't the worst. I mean, that's pretty like middle class, I guess. Yeah. Um, You're definitely to- an NPC. Yeah, exactly. Too high society. So then, you know, to say you don't care about going into lower society as a completely young and a little naive woman is kind of like, ah. Also as a single mom. As a single mom, which that's just not a thing at the time, really. Yeah, no. Yeah. So it's the, the stakes are really high for being different and for trying to go against the mold, I guess. Yeah, like you just have to fit into the mold. And if you don't, yeah. like, you're screwed. Yeah. And thinking about how that weighs on somebody psychologically is insane. And it's no wonder that uh, Daphne isn't spending a lot of time contemplating her own actions yeah. and being very self-aware because that seems like a quick way to drive yourself crazy, like actually crazy in this time period is trying to reconcile that cognitive dissonance that has to be going on so Um, much cognitive dissonance so much cognitive dissonance and i mean the actress who plays daphne definitely does a good job with that phoebe dynever is the actress that plays daphne and she does do a really good job of just like that facial acting like showing her emotions very clearly in her face the times where she is like clearly on the verge of tears like streaming out of her eyes but just breathes and smiles and goes back to whatever she needs to be doing i'm like amazing yeah uh, that's incredible i could not do that (laughs) actually that's a lie i could do that i think i think it's like like as an actress it's really hard to do that oh yeah i feel like in real life it's definitely easier because no one's like reading your face yeah to the same extent like no one's gonna be looking at you like oh you look like you're about to cry like i can hide that shit pretty well so you know even in 2021 women still have learned these emotional regulation strategies (laughs) Um, because yeah it's more subtle but still necessary uh because you know as a woman when I'm at work, no, I know better than to let myself cry because I don't want to be seen as a just a weak little woman who can't control her emotions when she's oh, stressed she at must, work. She must be on her period. Like, yeah, exactly. Oh, hell no. Exactly. Like, Meanwhile, Daphne's like, what's a period? Yeah. <laughs> what do they call them in Bridgerton? Was it their courses? Maybe it's courses. Every single period piece has a different name for it we were kind of looking up at researching the georgian period uh not that kind of period the georgian era (laughs) um before we started recording this and i think some of the things they said it was called as a um flowers your time of the flowers flowers yeah your flowers have arrived and i guess also the a french lady the french lady is visiting yeah (laughs) okay oh god but yeah let's so let's talk about that a little bit and the psychology of not psychology but just like the mindset and the effect that it would have on you as a woman to just not know anything anything. and you're not allowed to ask like you If people don't tell you, then you just don't know. Like, right. <laughs> I mean, you can you can ask, but it's uncouth 
So it's a risk to be asking people about sex and that type of stuff at this time. Well, and they don't even know what sex is. Like, they just know something happens on your wedding night. They're like, I guess. But they barely even know that until they're, like, engaged. We see that Daphne doesn't know anything about sex. Literally nothing. And that's because of her mom. And she does... There is an episode where she kind of goes off on her mom, which I was glad that she did because she takes the risk and tells her mom like it is and just says, you did not prepare me for any of this. You didn't tell me anything that I needed to know about the mechanics of sex and how sex works. And Daphne basically tells her that because of that, she was able to be very easily lied to, which is not fun. That just just that one scene where her mom is like, this is after her wedding and before mm-hmm. the wedding night winky winky mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> wink, wink, wink. and mm-hmm. her mom is just kind of like um well i mean it'll you know like yeah and it's like what what does that mean mom huh? like, literally okay that explains huh? nothing she's like what you're gonna share together is gonna be very special i'm like what the fuck does that mean <laughs> like, are we gonna hug like is he just gonna like kiss my forehead like Mom. I think that I think that Daphne knows that it's like about baby making, I would imagine, about procreating. But like you see that these women are they know that they're expected to have children. Right. But they don't even know how that happens. Like Eloise has an episode where she's going around and she's asking her brothers like how do how do you get pregnant like how does literally how does this happen and then daphne ends up asking her maid her handmaid about sex at one point because she's literally been having sex with simon for a while but still doesn't understand the actual biology of what happens which is fair because even doctors at this time didn't really fully understand that right but But she didn't understand about like where things needed to be at what points she didn't understand simon's pullout game is what we're saying yeah which Um, is very strong like he had very strong strong pullout game (laughs) simon can also suck a butt for lying to daphne honestly what a Um, bitch it's a bitch move well because it's like dude you're so fucking annoying like literally just telling her that you can't have kids like she points out this difference she's like can't and won't are two different things yeah and you told me you couldn't not you wouldn't which is very different but just the fact that he takes advantage of her how naive she yeah how naive she is about sex to because she she literally thinks that when he's pulling out that that has something to do with his infertility like that it has something to do with the fact that he can't have children and he's probably trying to keep her safe from that or whatever, like whatever she may think it is. So to find out that he's been doing that because he just simply does not want to have children is, that's a shock. I mean, and fuck you, Simon, that's shitty as hell. That was so shitty. Like, I don't like him at all anymore. Like, I have sympathy for him as a character. Right. But it is really hard to get behind his justification for not having kids. Yeah. Like, it's... Uh, (laughs) not reasonable it's i mean not. okay I, I think i think you don't have to have a reason to not want kids like if you're just no. like, kids, like that big old fair enough but like In lying general. about it being like well, also I during, have- during this time period yeah too well especially 
especially with Daphne too, actually being pretty understanding about it when she thinks he's just actually incapable. She's like, well, you know, luckily, I really wanted kids. I wanted a family, but luckily I have lots of brothers and sisters. So, you know, they can have kids and will, you know, exactly. I'll be the cool aunt, which is like very, very cool. And also very pretty forward thinking as far as this time period goes. But when Simon does tell her his actual reason, she's like, I'm sorry, wait, so your your dead father that you hated is the reason that you yeah. won't do this? Like, that's stupid. Like, <laughs> she doesn't tell him that's stupid, but she's straight up like, you're dumb. Like, yeah. that's not a good reason at Big all. mistake. Yeah. And it's so funny because he just, like, insists on not divulging that to anybody. Like, he doesn't want to tell anybody that he made this pact to his father and maybe it's because deep down he knows it's fucking dumb. But <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, shit. That was me when I was like yeah. 20 years old, fresh out of the house. Like, yeah, like dumb, dumb. So um, annoying for that. I was pissed. But yeah, that, I was like, Simon can can suck a butt. I don't care how sexy he is. Yeah. <laughs> um, Still very hot, but he's a hot jerk. Big jerk for that. Just completely taking advantage of of how naive she is. I I didn't like the way, because a a lot of the information that Daphne gets about sex and like her own sexuality actually comes from Simon because they are friends and she knows that she can safely talk to him about these things and that he won't be like, wow, you're a whore. Goodbye. Um, Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's something that sits wrong too. It's just like the way that he kind of picks and chooses what he wants to tell her about sex um, he's like, well, I want to tell her enough about sex so that like we can have a rockin' good time, yeah. but like, <laughs> but not enough that she like actually knows how babies are made. That seems manipulative. A little, a little uh, Machiavellian, if you ask me. Very, <laughs> um, very true. God, but yeah, just just thinking about literally going into that and not knowing anything, I'm, I would be so terrified. Like, I would be mortified. I would be mortified. Yeah, like. I mean, it's expected that you don't know anything, which is fine. Well, no, it's not. It's not fine. <laughs> but like, I'm just trying to wrap my head around literally like, okay, we're married. Let's, let's do let's whatever get it on. Yeah, to be doing. And they're like, they just yeah. like ripped on their pants. And you're like, what the fuck is that? Like, absolutely not. You will not be putting that anywhere near me. Because, like, you know, there, there's there's no internet. There, there's barely books. I mean, there are books, but like, women are not expected to read books. I think Lady Featherington even tells Penelope at one point, she's like, put that book down. You're going to upset yourself. Like, yeah. She's like, you're going to get a headache. Like, put the book down. And it's just like um, a regular novel. Like, Yeah, exactly. Like, so th- there's barely any way to get information besides word of mouth. So just imagining never seeing a dick before and then that just shows up like you're like i have to do something with that i'm sorry what (laughs) what is that (laughs) why do you have one and i don't (laughs) why does it have an eyeball like what is this like what is this (laughs) i will say that i don't think that i got the best sexual education that i possibly could have I know you're, you have a very different story because scientists- I have European parents who are, yeah. very, are both science or health in the health professions. So they're yeah, very so. open and honest about these things. Exa- as, as you should be. As you at should a very be. young um, age. I knew, I knew yeah. more at the age of five 
than Daphne yeah. did when she got married. So yeah. let's just that's- <laughs> Pour one out for Daphne, because that's really fucked up. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I mean, and you knew at the age of five to, I mean, because you always hear people that are like, oh, just let kids be kids. They don't, that's so inappropriate. They don't need to know. I'm like, no, if you read the actual shit, it just is teaching children about emotional intelligence. Like, yeah. you know, and like you said, at age five, if, if you, if your parents want to sit you down and just explain in a very scientific manner how children are made. You can do that to a child at age five without corrupting their innocence. Yeah, I had a fucking childhood. Like, I'm, I'm, well, I wouldn't say I'm fine, but like, (laughs) in terms of my sexual education, I'm absolutely fine. It's not like I'm like traumatized, like I was five and I've never been the same since, like, whatever. No, you just, you explain it scientifically, and then that's that. You answer questions as they as they come up. Yeah, um, every kid's always like, where do babies come from? Which, fair enough, weird freak, why is mom- Where do they come from? Why does <laughs> mom have a really big belly right now? Like, and yeah. they keep saying I have a brother coming? Like, what? Uh-huh. <laughs> and then you bring the newborn home, and you're like, what the fuck is that? That shit's ugly as hell. <laughs> It's a raisin. Why is it so wrinkly? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for real. So I did not have that. I did not get explained that. My, you know, sexual education came from our Christian elementary school that we both went to. <laughs> Pour one out um, for Eden. Yes, I did go to the mother-daughter tea. That I did not because my did mom not, said that. Because your mom's a fucking real one. Yeah, I was the only um, kid in my grade who didn't go. Yeah, and <laughs> I and uh, I don't remember anything from that mother daughter tea besides the fact that you were not there. And then we had like a a thing in like fifth grade, I think, where they separated like boys and the girls and told us about things. Again, uh, don't remember anything about what I was taught there. And I just remember the PE coach talking about tampons and that was pretty much it. Yeah, I remember they gave me a little pack that had like a a pad and a tampon and like, I don't know, a wet nap or some shit. I don't know. (laughs) Some bullshit. And it was like, okay, do this with that. And I was like, okay, I'm literally going to throw this in the garbage. and (laughs) Because I don't know what this is. Because I don't know what this is. Yeah. I, I I kind of have a sense of like not really knowing but at the same time not because i had friends that i could talk to openly i also had the fucking internet which thank you it's not the best i thank you world wide web i would say uh don't don't let your kids solely learn about sex through movies (laughs) and tv and the internet because that's what i did (laughs) and uh it's not the best. I mean, it's not the worst. It's not the worst. It's better than it's, nothing. It's better than nothing. It's better than nothing, but it's it's not the best. And I just, I think about that and I think about Daphne and I'm like, wow, had I not had anything, the, the internet or anything, and someone just whipped their dick <laughs> I would be like, what's wrong? I would have laughed and then immediately had a panic attack. Like, <laughs> like why do you have a growth? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We like, need to take you to the nearest doctor. <laughs> I know. We need to get that checked out. I don't think that's normal. <laughs> they all rip out my saw. Like, <laughs> Oh, God. Jesus. I cannot imagine. I cannot imagine what it would be like to just go in completely blind to, to that. And also... 
the idea of sending your daughters out into the world in such a naive state is mortifying. <laughs> yeah, because, okay, we see on the one hand, we see Anthony and mm-hmm. Benedict and Colin. Yeah. Co- well, Colin, mm, he's still a little young. He's still young, but he's still a man. Like, he still has access to things and he knows what sex is. Like, he knows yeah. about all that stuff. Like, yeah. they're, they're going out, like, as someone said, sowing their wild oats, like, because yeah. they need to know how to do that so they they can just go fuck around and they're fine and, they're and fine. nothing happens and so they know how things work and then their sisters are just like in the dark yeah it's also the um kind of that what you just said made me kind of think of this but the idea of just that mismatch in experience is extremely beneficial for the men because, you know, if the men have been having sex and getting experience and practice or whatever for however many years, and then you have this, you marry this woman who doesn't know anything about sex, then she's going to think that you're like a sexual god or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like when you know what you're doing and, you know, you can explain things, you know what to do, you know how to make it feel good, whatever. And then you get this, you're doing that with a person who has no experience at all, then it's only to the benefit of the men because then the person, the wife you just married, just thinks like, wow, he's amazing. He's great. He knows everything. Like, this is perfect. Yeah. And it's like, huh? Okay. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Which is just gross. Just many, many gross power imbalances at play. Yeah. The patriarchy be in full effect. Big full effect, especially yeah. <laughs> this, this time period. I mean, the the patriarchy is 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 still kicking. Oh, it's hanging sure. on, it's hanging on for dear life. It's just much more subtle. She's getting much more crafty. Yeah, it's it's not it's not good. A lot of these same problems and same mentalities are still very much a thing now. Even um, it's just not the the norm for all society like it yeah, was exactly and i mean you know corsets are coming back so <laughs> i mean they do be looking cute but they don't are tie it so tight that you're gonna die because that's that bad. You pass out because you will okay i but like if we had like balls and stuff so it was like a one one time event or like things like that like hey post covid let's bring back balls yeah honestly <laughs> Let's do it. I mean, everybody's starved for socialization, and that's literally what balls are. Just go socialize and have fun. Let's do it. And get all pretty and handsome and fancy. Yes. Strapping, dashing. Yes. Yeah, you gotta you get a good fit off too. Show everyone what you're working with. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, we gotta oh, plan yeah. a ball once COVID is over. Yeah. yeah. So everyone tune who's listening. in. Please, please start planning a ball right now because we are. Yep. And, um, and now we have some good inspiration to go off of with Bridgerton. Definitely. If you uh, decide to start planning a ball, uh, hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Psych Channel Pod so we can exchange ideas. Um, or send us a Gmail at psychchannelpod at gmail.com. And also, don't forget to follow us on your preferred podcast platform, whether it's Spotify or Apple Music. And those also, those platforms also have good um, music to plan for your ball. So check those. <laughs> out and don't forget to leave us some good reviews on 
Apple Podcast, and also keep sending us your dreams. Start sending us your dreams if you haven't already. We want to read them. We want to read them on the air. <laughs> and thank you for tuning in. Next time on the Psychology Channel. <laughs> you can trust me on this one because I've seen all of Mad Men. <laughs> Nerd. It's not great. That's not great, but I guess that's 1957 USA. I mean, what else are you going to do to play a game of chess on your ceiling? <laughs> <laughs>